Adjust your posture so that you are sitting stably. You can feel a nice solid base. Take a nice deep breath. And now we will do a body scan for relaxation, beginning with the top of the head, the very peak of the head. So bring your awareness there and relax the top of your skull. Raise the eyebrows and then relax the forehead. Already you can feel the benefits of this practice beginning to relax your entire face. Bring your awareness to your eyelids and your eyeballs, allowing the eyes to become still within the eye sockets, even pressure throughout. Soften the nose and the cheeks. Bring your mouth into a slight smile, almost a straight line. And then using your tongue, lick your lips a little bit so that you can feel um, this uh, slight smile in your mouth. Place the tip of your tongue at the back of your top teeth. Become aware of your head balanced on top of your shoulders, the neck supporting your skull. Raise your shoulders toward your ears a couple of times to fully relax the shoulders. Allow this relaxation now to extend down your arms, the upper arms, the elbows, the lower arms, wrists, hands, and fingers. Continuing to draw our uh, awareness downward, we begin to feel ourselves sitting in a nice, stable base, a relaxed position. Become aware of your spine. Turning your attention to the neck, the upper back, middle back and lower back, allowing these muscle groups to relax. Bringing your awareness now to your legs, feeling any tension that you have in your legs flow toward the earth. Now place your hands in a meditation mudra, left fingers on top of right, 
with the thumbs lightly touching, resting your mudra in your lap. Become aware of the beating of your heart. And the breath in your chest, allowing the breath to soften and lengthen, moving down to the abdominal area. And then breathing from this abdominal area, we begin to produce a sense of wonderment by asking ourselves, what is it? What is it? And from this state of relaxed body, open mind, sense of wonderment, wonderment, engage in your meditation practice for the next five minutes until you hear the sound of the bell. Good morning, Dharma friends and uh, teachers of this practice that we just did has to do with uh, preparing the body for meditation, uh, composing the mind, relaxing before we actually engage in our meditation practice. Uh, and for me, this type of body scan is a new addition to my practice, sort of a, a welcome change. When I take the time to do this, I'm able to engage more fully. And the practice comes from a Zen teacher by the name of Gogu, who um, is a Chan or Zen practitioner. And he offered it uh, during uh, this summit that is going on, Embracing Change, that is sponsored by Lion's Roar. Um, so um, we published the link in the newsletter, and if you have a moment, you can go out and explore some of the Dharma topics about, or the Dharma talks about embracing uh, change. So again, what we did was ground our perception in our body, because a tense body reflects a grasping mind. For me, when my face is tense, I know I'm thinking too much. Mm -hmm. And so we learn that we learn to relax so that we're better able to respond with our body and allow the mind to be content. So uh, priming the body is bringing up this sense of wonderment. What is it? 
happens to be a, what we call a wadu in our Korean Zen tradition. And it is aimed at helping us cut off our thinking mind and producing this enlightenment. And then um, we can relax and begin to engage in the midst of this monologue that we have going on all the time in our minds. So this summit on change that um, is being offered on the website uh, makes the point that uh, things are always transforming and uh, the more skillful we are in grounding in our body and allowing this sense of wonderment to arise, the more skillful we are in, in engaging in life. There are 18 different speakers in this uh, summit. Uh, and of course, the first topic to come up when we're considering embracing change is impermanence. Right? And so impermanence is one of the three marks of existence. Impermanence, non-self, and suffering. So considering impermanence, um, Norman Fisher makes the point that Dogen, um, an ancient Zen master, um, writes that impermanence is itself Buddha nature. Uh, so it's not a problem that's to be overcome, that things are constantly changing, but rather it is our path of practice. So if we can embrace impermanence, we can embrace change. Impermanence means that nothing remains the same, even for two consecutive moments. So what are some images of impermanence? If you think of a river uh, flowing along, um, it does not stay still. And if you look at the um, activities of the river, you can see that it's mixing together all the rocks and the sand and the silt and the twigs that are in the river. Um, constantly transforming. Another uh, image of impermanence is the cells of our body constantly arising, passing away, transforming. Impermanence in um, our different stages of life, infancy, childhood, adolescence, adulthood, old age, death, constantly changing. So the other two marks of existence are no self and suffering. Suffering sometimes is talked about in terms of nirvana, and so I'll explain that in a second, because it's two sides of the same coin. But uh, this no self means there is a lack of a uh, permanent self. The self is always changing. So Thich Nhat Hanh's image of this is looking at a flower, and the flower does not have self-existence in and of itself. Rather, the flower is composed of various 
hearts can sustain the leaves, the buds, all of these things. But there's also the sunshine and the soil that produced this uh, flower and the compost. So the flower was once compost and then when the flower passes away, it becomes compost again, this cyclical uh, kind of being. So suffering, the third mark, mark of existence, arises when we believe that the things, that things are permanent. They have their own uh, separate nature, um, that they're separate, that we don't see this interconnection and we don't see the impermanence. We grasp onto it and try to fix it. And that creates us uh, pain and suffering. So embracing change means that we try to get out of the habits that create this grasping and keep us fixed. Another point about uh, impermanence versus non-self. Impermanence is looking at things from the viewpoint of time, continuous flow of time, past, present, future, and within a present moment, even uh, there's an aspect of fluidity to time. No self is looking at things from the viewpoint of space. Um, so it's uh, you, me. Um, it's creating categories and distinctions, um, um, putting things between and not recognizing their interdependence or inter. Uh, interrelationship. So then the image here is uh, clouds, forests, sun, earth, all the people who went into making this piece of paper. So that is uh, this uh, interdependence idea. So Gogu, the person who um, taught me this meditation, or I learned it from looking, watching. Uh, he said that as soon as we feel this is my body, my feeling, my thought, <coughs> or whatever situation I find myself in, we've already frozen the natural flow of conditions into a story. Suffering is maintained through stories we tell ourselves about how we or the world are fundamentally fixed. To be the changing flow of conditions without fixation is the true no-self. So it's back to this idea of Dogen that impermanence is the path itself that we follow. So intervention, in Gogu's case, is to ground the body. <coughs> To use this simple body scan that we did in everyday life um, to learn to just use the breath to ground yourself and allow yourself to switch to a different perspective so that you can respond differently. So Thich Nhat Hanh talks about the miracle of impermanence and this is where we get from suffering to nirvana. Um, 
And nirvana might be, I may be using it in a, a little bit of an incorrect way here because nirvana um, basically refers to a cessation. And in, in a sense, we are talking about, um, you know, cessation of old habits, cessation of notions and things like that. But there's also um, sort of a, a wonderment aspect to um, always transforming. And so the miracle of, of impermanence is that children do become adults, buds become flowers, uh, the flower containing sunshine, rain, soil, uh, these kinds of things. And so we can embrace change knowing that it has this refreshing aspect to it. Kill Fransched, another of the uh, speakers, talks about um, impermanence and change being undeniable truths of our existence. Impermanence can be understood moment to moment. What is real is the existing moment, not the, uh, the present that is a product of the past and the result of previous causes and actions. So we're in this state of continuous becoming. So one method of embracing change that we've been emphasizing so far, grounding ourselves in our body. A second um, method helping us to embrace change um, is turning to um, some of our scriptures. So this past weekend we had our Dharma student meeting and we were working with the Diamond Sutra. The Diamond Sutra um, is um, a scripture that you engage with um, in more of an embodied way in order to understand it. So either you can read it really fast or something like this, uh, but it presents these uh, challenges to you at every turn. So for example, it says, and it sort of breaks up, it makes you stop and say, what? What are you talking about? Um, so this uh, little interaction between Sabuti, the Buddha's disciple and the Buddha, um, a little snippet is, a bodhisattva sabuti should not give a gift while basing himself in the notion of form, sound, smell, taste, touch, or why, while basing himself on any thought. He should give a gift without the notion of a giver or a gift. The great being who gives without basing himself on any notions has merit that is not easy to measure. So what do you think, sabuti? Is it easy to measure space? So this gift, we've um, you know blown away the notion of giver, gift, receiver, and um, we've taken away the notion of a being associated with this. So I asked uh, Jagwa, one of the students who was giving a presentation, she was talking about gestures, and I said, can you express your experience of this diamond sutra in gestures? And she did something like this. I may not get it exactly right, but it was like this. <laughs> Which I think is kind of the experience of the Diamond Sutra. So we're fortunate within our tradition uh, that we have scriptures that can help us 
embrace change by breaking up our thought patterns. Um, I'm going to give you a third method of working with change. We have uh, the five remembrances. And those who have been around for a while may remember these. So place your hand in Hapchan for a moment and listen as I read these to you. Five remembrances. Number one, I am on, of the nature to go, grow old. There is no way to escape growing old. Number two, I am of the nature to have ill health. There is no way to escape having ill health. Number three, I am of the nature to die. There is no way to escape death. <clears throat> Number four, all that is dear to me and everyone I love are of the nature to change. There is no way to escape being separated from them. Number five, my actions are my only true belongings. I cannot escape the consequences of my, my actions. My actions are the ground upon which I stand. these five remembrances bring us back to considering the nature of our being and um, brings to our attention that um, you know our body is going to wither away and die so we inhabit this body but that is not permanent um, it brings to our attention that um, change and separation is part of life and it brings to our attention that our actions are our possessions. So this is how we can be with the world. So uh, a fourth method of embracing change is to engage in a reflection on, question, on uh, questions. One question you can ask yourself is, how am I showing up right now? So if you consider that. Am I showing up as, um, <clears throat> do I have a notion of myself sitting here, for example, as a teacher? Or do I have 
a notion of just sort of being with, being um, in the present moment. Am I showing up dealing with a sense of agitation, a sense of peace, all of these things? So by doing this kind of reflection, you can um, sort of identify um, the fluidity of what is going on. Well, one thing that Thich Nhat Hanh asks, asks us to do in working with emotions, especially strong emotions, is to consider, will this anger be present tomorrow? How do I feel about the person, uh, how will I feel about the person I am angry with next week, next year? Does this even matter 10 years from now? Will I be here? These kinds of questions for reflection. And so now I have a couple of questions for you. Um, so the first one is, Change is both good and bad. Um, it's unavoidable that there's something, there's something being lost when we change. So even uh, when it is refreshing, it does involve some loss. So if you think of change in this way, um, how is it that you embrace both uh, the refreshing aspect and the loss that is going on. I just wanted to comment on the lion's roar. Um, <clears throat> I've been I did tune into it. By the way, after 24 hours, it's gone. <laughs> mm -hmm. So you can't watch one, two, and three now. But four is on today. It's on mm -hmm. death and dying. Yep. And it'll be gone tomorrow morning. Yep. So. <laughs> but one of the things I did want to comment on that is a little off the topic. Uh, last week you talked about trust, mm -hmm. and um, I listened to Sylvia Bornstein's talk on on the lion's roar. She's a Zen person from mm -hmm. California. And uh, she made a, a statement that really reminded me of last week's um, talk, and that was somebody, she quoted somebody saying, and we walk into the future with confidence. Mm -hmm. And I thought, you know, that was a pretty strong statement. I walk into the future with confidence. Yeah. And I would say trust. I walk into the future with trust. Uh -huh. And uh, it reminded me of, it kind of went with what you were talking about. In fact, your whole talk was. Thank you. Other thoughts, comments about this topic of impermanence, change? Mm -hmm. uh, I'm thinking that uh, what you're asking for about um, changes, maybe for the better and changes for the worse, or however we want to phrase that, I think some, we can have a big trauma and then we identify ourselves with that trauma or around the trauma the real getting over it then is giving that up, what we've defined ourselves as, and that is another loss. Mm -hmm. It's just like, wow, now I have to give that up? Mm -hmm. Yes. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so I think that that's the rhythm of it. Right? You get some ground, you think, mm -hmm. and then, whoops, 
Walking on quicksand all the time. <laughs> you got to keep moving. We're thinking about changes going on right now at the end of school for my kids. So we're transitioning from they go to school and I go to work to they don't go to school and I don't go to work. Um, there's a bit, I, I still work a little bit, but not every day. Um, and I think the thing that with this transition is similar to what helps with big transitions, like weddings. Um, it's a ritual where you get together with other people. We had an end of the school, um, on the last day of school, a few of us parents and kids met in the park afterwards and just had like popsicles and lemonade and water and had our kids run around together. And we just sort of sat together and took some deep breaths and looked at our kids and looked at them getting sugar high and then going a little bit crazy and then we took some breaths and uh, talked about parenting a little bit and it was really nice to just be with other people going through a similar transition mm -hmm. sort of um, even if it's a little thing like mm -hmm. the kids getting out of school um, and the ending of the family program we had a little ritual there mm -hmm. where we all got together and made bird feeders and um, what else did we do? Oh, planted seeds uh, and it was really nice to do a similar thing where you sit together with people going through the same change and you just sort of enjoy each other's company while you're going through this stuff. I feel like whenever there's something lost, there's something gained. So even if it's something dramatic like the loss of a job, uh, the loss of security, um, there's something gained in uh, more time, uh, the opportunity for more investment in a spiritual practice to get through that kind of a situation. So maybe it's a, a matter of recognizing that whatever the juxtaposition looks like, however much worse one situation looks than another, there's still something to be grateful for there. Don't know if I can say this the way I want to, but I'll do my best. Um, I think there's kind of a, a permanence in all of the change too, because if you, as you go through everything that you go through and you're surrounded like everything by everything you're affecting and everything's affecting you and in a way there appears to be change but you're really with the same thing always and so my whatever i want to call it my energy even if i release things that in one way is not permanent, it's, it's still in my energy forever. So all of these things that yesterday is with me, even though yesterday is gone, it is in my, you know, it's just in my little point of um, infinity around me. I, I'm affected by all of it, and everybody's in the same boat. Yeah. So we're all a collection of causes and conditions at any given moment. Yeah, you can look at it that way, or you can just look at it yesterday, you know, and that's gone. I mean, you know, there's different, um, you know, because I, yeah, there's different levels that, that uh, part, and, okay, I know. 
heart and soul situation. If you look at it with the whole situation, it's one thing. And then if you look at just this room, mm-hmm. it's a it's not the whole. Even though the whole is affecting, yeah, it's pretty, you know, <coughs> logic. <laughs> but I mean, you know, everything that's happened to me uh, is in this moment. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. it, you know, you're separated, but you're not separated. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Okay. Sounds like it Thank came you. from the Diamond Sutra. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, it's since I've been a little kid, yeah. you know. All right, let's leave it here for today.